Thank you for listening to the podcast of Bible Baptist Church. Please visit our website at www.southbaybbc.org for more information. One's journey is confronted with hardship and that no one is exempted from it. No one is an exception from hardship or maybe different trials of life. And everyone goes through hard times and everyone goes through tough times and everyone goes through sorrowful times. However, through hardships, we are able to know faith and perseverance. Both of these substances are dependent upon each other, and we need both of them in our journey. And we talked about uh, faith journey a lot, I think, uh, in the beginning of the series. And we need to walk by faith and not by sight. And we need to behold the one that will help us and behold the one that makes all things well, who is our Savior, Jesus Christ. But let us concentrate on today about the subject of perseverance, because faith and perseverance works together. Think with me for a moment this morning. First of all, there is no way for us to know faith unless there is some perseverance. Let me say that again. There is no way for all of us to know faith unless there is some time of perseverance. Faith always responds to hardship. Now, it's up to us whether or not we want to have faith when there's hardship times come. And uh, I understand that. But faith always wants to encourage us during the time of hardship to persevere. I think about some phrases in the Bible that helps us understand this. And if you look on the screen, Ephesians 6.16, the Bible says, Taking the what of faith? The shield of faith. Now, why do you have a shield? Because some trials will come. Some fiery darts will be fired by the wicked one. That's why the Bible says, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. So everyone this morning will have some time where the devil and the wicked one will fire some fiery darts to you. And we need to have the shield of faith protecting us. And that shield of faith wants us to persevere. So faith responds during the time of hardship. It wants us to uh, shield us in our lives so that we may be protected, so that we may keep on charging in the spiritual warfare. And not only that, I think about 1 John 5. It says in verse 4, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. Now, why is that phrase written there? Because Jesus Christ said very clearly in John that in the world we shall have tribulation. And everyone in this world will have some time of hardship and trials. That's what Jesus said. But, thank God, through the Lord Jesus Christ, we have overcome the world. That's what the Bible says. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our, what substance? Faith. So faith helps us to overcome the world. And the object of our faith is our Savior, Jesus Christ, and that is why, not because we believe in ourselves, not because we believe in some other philosophy, no, we believe in a person who has overcome the world already, and he's able to overcome for us as well. So, faith responds in time of tribulation and time of hardship so that we may persevere. I read about John Wesley's diary and the opposition that he faced in preaching. I'm sure many of you maybe heard of John Wesley. He was the founder of the Wesley movement, and and, uh, we know him as the uh, Methodist today. 
And uh, I think about his diary, and somewhat humorous, but also convicting. Sunday, a.m., <clears throat> May 5th, priest in St. Anne's was asked not to come back anymore. Sunday, p.m., May 5th, and the priest in St. John's, deacon said, get out and stay out. And Sunday, a.m., May 12th, priest in St. Jude's can't go back there either. Sunday a.m., May 19, the week later, priest and saint, somebody else's. Deacons called special meeting and said, I couldn't return. Sunday p.m., May 19, on the same day, priest on the street, kicked off the street. Sunday a.m., May 26, priest in, in a meadow, chased out of a meadow as a bull was turned loose during service. Sunday a.m., June 2nd, priest at the edge of town, kicked off the highway. Sunday p.m. and June 2nd, afternoon, priest in a pasture, 10,000 people came out to hear me. And uh, what did John Wesley uh, understand? Faith and perseverance works together. And when opposition came, faith worked in his heart. God worked in his heart. Hey, have faith in me. I know you're going through some hard time. No one's listening to you. And uh, every church you go to, you're getting kicked out of. But uh, uh, won't you persevere? And let me show you a great and mighty thing which you know not. And he did experience some great movement in his daytime because I believe he had faith in God and also he persevered. I think about a few weeks ago, I was out door knocking on Saturday and I was able to go out with Josiah. And Josiah is only three years old. And, and uh, when we go out together, actually, to be honest, this was my, this was my first time. And um, my wife and I go out with Josiah. She usually takes a little stroller. And, and uh, so I had to take a stroller. And and we went out together, and I think Kevin was with me on that door-knocking time, Cherie. And uh, I like to have good protection, you know, and Kevin was right with me. And uh, we're knocking along, and uh, we split it up, and won't you knock on that door, and I'll knock on this, and we'll leapfrog down the street. And as we're going down, and, and uh, by the third door, uh, it was Kevin's turn on his door, and he was about to go in, and I was about to go to the another driveway and knock on that door, but this man was standing there, and, and he looked at us, and he started cussing us out. And, uh, I mean, we didn't even say we're from Bible Baptist Church yet. But he just started cussing us out. He just knew that we were from a church or something like that. And kept on saying the F word. And, and uh, I mean, Josiah was right there. And, uh, and, 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 and I said, you know what, uh, I'm sorry, sir. You know, uh, we're just here to give out tracts. And he kept on interrupting and cussing me out. And, and uh, so I just started walking along to the next door and, and Kevin followed with me, and uh, I think Kevin was more scared than I was. I'm not sure what it was, but, I mean, the guy is like six feet tall. And uh, anyways, uh, uh, we were walking along on that street, and uh, he kept on following us, Brother Brooks. What do you do with that? Call the police? I'm not sure. And he kept on cussing us out, and uh, Josiah had to keep on hearing those words. And, and uh, we went to try to go to the next door. I turned around, and, and I said, I have a three-year-old son here. And then he looked at Josiah. He cussed him out, too. And Josiah just kind of shrinking like that. And then uh, Kevin was in the other door already. And, uh, and then the lady who came out, and, and she was stunned at all the cussing. And, and uh, you know, and Kevin was trying to say, I'm from Bible Baptist Church. And then in the background, there's this guy cussing at a three-year-old. And, and I got a little upset, and uh, maybe I got in the flesh. And, and I looked at the lady, and I said, do you know this man? And then he started cussing her out, too. I said, all right, no more of this. And, uh, and uh, uh, he looked at me, get out of the street, get out of this neighborhood. This is my neighborhood, get out. And I, as he kept on telling me that, as he started, you know, kept on cuss, uh, cussing me out, and uh, guess what happened? The Lord just spoke to my heart, and he said, he didn't call you here, I called you here, you stay here. 
And, uh, and I, I told him, sir, I'm not leaving. <laughs> and I said, I'm going to keep on going. And I think he misunderstood me. And he said, yeah, go. <laughs> and I said, no, I'm going to keep going and, and keep on passing that tract here. And, uh, and, and you know, uh, I'm more of a shy type. And uh, I'm not really, uh, in every sense, uh, 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 very charismatic and, uh, in, in, in my persona. But, you know, at that time, and uh, just the Lord just pressed upon my heart to keep going. And why? Because of some hardship that came along. And, and God says, have faith in me. Just keep on going. And we were able to finish that street. Very quietly and very fast, too. Amen? Okay? <laughs> but, you know, I'm just simply saying, when uh, uh, hardship comes, faith is attracted to that. And God is attracted to that because he has overcome the world already. And, and God wants to help us along. And God wants to give us the courage and and God wants to help us with faith so that we may persevere and so that we may see the victory. So don't give up on your trials. Don't give up on your hardship. Faith is attracted to it. Put on the shield of faith and look to the one who has overcome the world and persevere, my friend. Not only that, not only about the fact that there is no way for us to know faith unless there is some perseverance, but there is no reason for us to have perseverance unless we have faith. And, uh, you know, why persevere when there is no inspiration of faith? Uh, why endure the hardship if you don't believe that there is an escape or a solution? Why endure a race if you don't believe that there is a finish line? And, uh, you know, why, we keep on in this, why do we keep on going in this Christian journey if at the end uh, we don't see Christ? But we do see Christ who's the author and the finish of our faith. And uh, we're looking forward to that day when Christ will say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. And uh, we want to hear that, uh, those words from our Savior, Jesus Christ. And we look forward to that day, so uh, uh, we persevere. And uh, there is no reason for us, for us to have perseverance unless we have faith, unless we know that there is a, a glorious finish line. I'm sure many of you heard about Florence Chadwick and the first woman to swim the English Channel in both directions. On the 4th of July in 1951, she attempted to swim from Catalina Island to the California coast. The challenge was not so much the distance, but the dense fog lay over the entire area, making it impossible for her to see the land. And I'm sure many of you have maybe taken the boat to Catalina. How many of you have done that? Raise your hand, okay? And it's a wonderful place to visit sometimes, and I visit a couple times. And early morning, I mean, it is very foggy. You can't really see anything out there. And, and Florence Shadwick had to swim uh, uh, this uh, pathway in this uh, 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 foggy ocean. And after about 15 hours in the water, within half mile of her goal, Chadwick amazingly gave up. Later, she told the reporter, look, I am not excusing myself, but if I could have seen the land, I might have had made it. Because she couldn't see the land, her courage or maybe her character was dingling. And in every way, uh, she was somewhat uh, 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 hesitant to keep going, and she was not able to persevere. And not long after she attempted the challenge again on, that, on another, another foggy day, once more a misty veil obscured the coastline and she couldn't see the shore. But this time she made it because she kept on reminding herself that land was there. With that confidence, she bravely swam on 
and achieve her goal that day. And ladies, amazingly, she broke the men's records by two hours. All the ladies say, no, I'm just kidding, all right? <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, Florence Chadwick was able to finish this race, not because she saw the finish line, because she believed that there was a finish line. She couldn't see it with her physical eyes as she was swimming, but she knew in her mind, in her heart, hey, the land is near, the land is near. And, uh, and she was able to persevere, and she was able to swim harder and also even stronger. You see, faith and perseverance works together, and we need both of them in our journey, and that is, that, uh, that is filled with hardship. And there is no reason for us to have perseverance unless there is faith, unless we know that there is a finish line, unless we know that Jesus Christ is waiting for us. So faith and perseverance works together, and God has called all of us to faith. And uh, as soon as we have received Christ as our personal Savior, that was the beginning of the journey of faith. And thank God we believed in our Savior, and it was not our works, and, and we believed in Christ uh, uh, by faith, and, and uh, it was all by his grace, and it was not of ourselves, but it is a gift of God. And not of uh, works, let any man should boast. And the only thing we boast about is Jesus Christ. And the only person that we want to mention in our Christian journey is Jesus Christ. He is our focus, and he's the one that has called us to faith. And as we think about this journey of faith, we must uh, be reminded that we need to persevere in this journey. And Jesus Christ calls for disciples, and it reads in June 14. Let's look at it in verse 27, and it's on the screen as well. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. He's saying, persevere, take up the cross and follow me. And notice his explanation. He says, let me explain it to you. This is a parable I want to give you in verse 28. For which of you intended to build a tower, sit it not down first, and count the what? The cost, the sacrifice, whether we have sufficient to finish it. This happily, after he had laid the foundation, is not, is not able to finish it. All that behold it began to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. What is Christ saying? If I have called you, then be ready to take on the cross and notice the cross. Be ready to bear it and endure it and also even finish it. I think some Christians think that maybe the Christian life will be, uh, it's supposed to be a life of each, but I believe it is a life of hardship because we're different than the world. And we're sanctified by our, uh, by our Savior, Jesus Christ, and we're after uh, 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 the new man, and we're going after the new things, and, and we're kind of uh, opposition to the old things. And, 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 and in every area, we are finding conflict, and, and we're finding some uh, uh, type of uh, uh, trials at hand, even temptation. And uh, we, need, we need to recognize that that's the Christian life. And that we need to endure this race, and we need to persevere by faith. And God has called us to have faith in him. And surrounding faith, there are some hardship and opposition. So with faith, we need to persevere. And there's a man named Job who had the calling of faith as well. And along with this calling, and the surrounding became very terrible. And he faced some hardship, 
But he had the testimony of perseverance. He had the testimony of perseverance. I'd like to share with you his persevering testimony. Let me give you three spiritual traits of Job's perseverance through faith. Number one, if you're taking notes this morning, we notice that perseverance through confidence in God. Perseverance through confidence in God. Look at Job 23, verse 8. Behold, I go forward, he is not there. And backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand, where he doth work, uh, but I cannot behold him. Uh, He hideth himself on the right hand, that I cannot see him. But he knoweth the way that I take. When he had tried me, I shall come forth as gold. You know, Job had faith in his perseverance that God knows what he was doing. He had confidence in him. Notice what he says. He is not there. Notice what he says. I cannot perceive him. Notice what he says. I cannot behold him. He also said he hideth himself. I cannot see him. You know, what you say by these statements that his natural reasoning could have just concluded that God doesn't really care about him? Right? By this statement that he just wrote here or he just said. I cannot perceive him. He hideth himself and I cannot behold him. I cannot see him. I cannot perceive him. And by those statements, you know, if you're just thinking along that reasoning, you're, uh, you know, you would think and you would conclude, hey, God really doesn't care about me, and God is not reliable at all. But during these times, that's when God is truly working mightily in the unseen. So during these times, when we don't see God and perceive God, as Job did, we are to have faith like Job did. And Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, the Bible says, let's read this together if you can. Ready? Now, faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You know, when we have faith to persevere, it gives us more confidence in him. And uh, I believe that as we think about the scripture, uh, we need to recognize the fact that when we don't see God, that is a, a greater part of the Christian life in knowing that God is doing a greater work in the unseen and that we could surely trust in him more than ever. Because that's what faith is. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And when you don't know what's going on, great, because God knows what's going on. And we need to have faith in him concerning God. And and ladies and gentlemen, let us not in any way charge God foolishly and, and put uh, God down by our own standards of what we see and what we could reason. No, our God is high and lofty. And our God is omniscient, omnipotent, and, and he is immutable. He is never changing. And let us not change God by our own perspective. Let us have faith in him. And even though we may not understand what he is doing, and even though we don't see him uh, in the uh, uh, hardship that we're going through. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, do you have confidence in the Lord today as you persevere. Oh, have that confidence because God is reliable. He is never changing and he does all things well. I've been reading Jeremiah in my devotion. Jeremiah is called the weeping prophet. And that throughout his whole ministry, no one really turned to the Lord. No one really listened to him. And Jeremiah had a very sad faith at the end and and, uh, he was martyred, of course. And and Jeremiah, as we think about his story, you know, uh, he wept a lot, and, and uh, he knew that nothing would come forth from these people, and he was preaching to hardened hearts and, and hardened necks. And, uh, but Jeremiah knew 
that God was still doing something in his sovereign plan, and, and he knew that he could have confidence in him. I think about the words that he wrote and also what God has spoken to him. In Jeremiah 32, the Bible says that there is nothing too hard for him. Jeremiah writes, Ah, Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched out arm, and there is nothing too hard for thee. And he also realized that he will give an expected end in Jeremiah 29, verse 11, because God said, For I know the thoughts I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. And also he realized that he can, he can show uh, him great and mighty things which he, uh, he does not know. In Jeremiah 33, verse 3, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. And uh, he recognized that he was able to persevere, he was able to keep on doing ministry, and he was able to keep on preaching to hardened people. Why? Because he had confidence in God, and that God was all-powerful, and that God knew what he was doing. He was, given, he was going to give an expected end, and also if he called to him, he would show him great and mighty things which he does not know. And ladies and gentlemen, I hope you claim these verses like Jeremiah did and have confidence in the Lord as you have some hardship in your life and persevere in the time of trial. Have confidence in the Lord. God is great. God is wonderful. God is powerful. He never changes. Persevere. Keep on going, my friend. Job said, I shall come forth as gold. I like that statement. He said, I cannot perceive him, and I cannot behold him, and I, look in, I, I, see, I, I don't see him on my left hand or on my right. I go forward. I don't see him. I go back, or I don't see him. I don't see him at all. I don't perceive him at all. But at the end, I will come forth as gold. After he had tried me, I will come forth as gold. You know, pure gold is one of the most precious substances in the world. <clears throat> but pure gold is also the most malleable and flexible material in the world. Did you know that a thin sheet of gold, a gold leaf, they call it, can be thin as 0.000127 millimeters, 400 times thinner than a human hair. It could be pounded in that much pressure and never lose form. It's that flexible, malleable. It is used for circuit boards and electrical connectors Shield spacecrafts or skyscrapers from sun's infrared radiation or maybe even coated mirrors to make telescopes that are sensitive to light because the material is so malleable and flexible. It is used almost everywhere. Even in your cell phone, there is a little tiny, uh, uh, I guess, uh, a, a thin material of gold that makes your phone work. And uh, Job said, I shall come forth as gold. What is he saying? He's going to look beautiful. He's going to look shiny. And uh, he's going to look very precious. Yeah, maybe so. I'm sure that's part of it. But I think also he's saying, if I come forth as gold, then God could truly mold me. Then God could truly make me. And then God could truly use me. Maybe I am not where I'm supposed to be for God to use me, and maybe this trial will help me to be be used of God better, to be more moldable, 
Maybe I have a hardened heart. Maybe I have pride. And we'll talk about that later. And, and Job does repent about something. And, and ladies and gentlemen, uh, it's very obvious that when God does bring trial, it's not for us to look good at the end. It's for God to look good. It's always for his glory, God's people say. It's never for us. You know, when we look at Job's statement like that, we think, oh, I'm going to look good, I'm going to look better, and, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to be like gold. But recognize the fact, you're becoming like gold for his disposal, for his uh, work and his plan and his purpose. When trials come and hardship come, persevere so that you can come forth like gold. So that you may be precious in his sight. So that you may be the right vessel unto honor. And that you may be a vessel. Be used for good and for every good work. Not only that. So with that, perseverance through confidence in God. That's what he had. But secondly, perseverance through contentment in God. Contentment in God. In Job 1, we know the statement of Job after he endured the trials, he immediately said, Job rose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshipped. And said, he said, and naked came I out of the mother's room, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. You know, as he had faith, he was truly content in the Lord. So he was able to persevere. He lost his children, he lost his servants, he lost his goods, he lost his, maybe uh, uh, his wealth and his riches, but he knew all those things weren't his. It was the Lord's. And ladies and gentlemen, don't be carried away with ownership too much. I think I mentioned this several weeks ago. And do not get carried away with ownership that God is not involved in your life. Sometimes we could get that way. We could get passionate about something, maybe our work or maybe even our family, and we could idolize it and we could own it so hard that we're not accountable to the Lord. But I believe that Bible talks about stewardship more than ownership because everything is the Lord's. And, and, and whether that be uh, riches or wealth or career or maybe our children or our family, everything is the Lord's. And we need to have good stewardship. And we need to be content in what he does with uh, the things that are, his, that are his. If he gives, praise the Lord. If he takes away, still praise the Lord. Because it is not our own in the first place. Spiritually speaking, with ownership, there is a great danger of covetousness. Spiritually speaking, with stewardship, there is a great outcome of contentment. And when hardship comes, when trial comes, you have Two paths you, need to, you could lead yourself to. You could have the path of covetousness and thinking, I've lost this. Why is this? You could get bitter and try to seek for more of that. And, uh, or you could uh, go to the path of contentment and knowing that God will provide at the end. And if he takes away, it's okay. God knows what he's doing. And you're just fine with your shepherd because, you know, the Bible says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I wonder what path you will take as you endure some trials. As you persevere. Oh, persevere by faith and having contentment, my friend. Covetousness does not help you to persevere. In covetousness, everything is not fair. 
you're always lacking. It's always not enough. So you're always trying to find the easy way out in the Christian life. Be content with such things as you have, the Bible says. Everything, your family, your church, your trial, your hardship, your life. Be content. And I believe the Bible uh, encourages us to persevere during the time of hardship. And ladies and gentlemen, there is a great, wonderful satisfaction in being content in the Lord. And I think many people are bitter and many people are in every way uh, uh, discouraged in this Christian journey because they have never found the path of contentment in their time of perseverance, in their time of trial. But they have sought covetousness. And, you know, the Bible says that men shall be lovers of their own self. And many people are. And may we not follow the same path today. Oh, Job even persevered when his wife gave up and found no contentment in the Lord and also even contentment in Job. His wife didn't even like the fact that Job was humble about the whole thing. Didn't like the fact that Job was still trying to hold up his integrity. Oh, Job 2, verse 9 through 10, Then said his wife unto him, Dost thou still retain that integrity? Curse God and die. But he said unto her, Thou speak it as one of the foolish women speaketh. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God, and shall we not receive evil? In all this did not Job sin with his lips. Ladies and gentlemen, there must be at least one person in your home that brings godly influence and contentment. It could be the husband or the wife, or even maybe children. By the way, because of Job, his wife was blessed at the end to have more children. And so I want to encourage you, husband or wife, or maybe a young person, or maybe even a, a career person, don't give up yet. Keep on persevering. Don't throw in the towel. Don't wave the white flag when you lose some things in life. No, persevere. Trust the Lord. Be content with Him, and, and be faithful in the Lord. And, and Christ is all you need, all you need. Christ is all you need. Not things, not, not luxury, not well. Those things do not ha- help us spiritually to persevere, and, uh, but I believe contentment does. And, uh, and uh, I think about many people are wanting to always hold on to things a lot, and, uh, and they don't want to let go because they love it so much. I think about when I was, uh, uh, you know, uh, when, I, when I had Josiah, and I think it was about six months years old, and, and, uh, and Josiah is very interesting, and uh, he, I get a very kick out of him every day almost, and, and he gives me good sermon illustrations, amen, and uh, I let him know, keep on coming, keep on coming. And uh, uh, I remember when he was six months, and uh, he had one toy, he had another toy, and uh, he wanted a third toy, and he didn't know what to do. And I keep on telling him, I'll drop this toy and take this one, and try to let him know, drop one and take this one. And, and he said, I don't want that, I don't want that. And he wants to take on both, and guess what he did? He tried to grab it with his mouth. <laughs> and he tried to reach it, you know. And uh, when I looked at that, I realized, you know, that's what... Some people are like that. Hey, I could be like that. You try to hold on to things and you try to get more and push it through and push it through. And uh, when God sees that, God says, how come you don't want me? So God starts purging. And God starts maybe taking it away. So that you may bear more fruit, much more fruit in the days to come. Because without him, we can do nothing. He is a vine, we're the branches. And we need the vine to bear much more fruit. And we need to concentrate on the vine. 
You need to be content with the vine. You don't need other things, my friend. You need Jesus Christ. I need Jesus Christ. And he is cheering you on, and he wants to help you and and be content with him. And and don't think that uh, the satisfaction of the world will help you. No, be satisfied in the Lord Jesus Christ. I think about Ignis Jan uh, Pideruski, the famous uh, uh, Polish uh, uh, composer pianist, was once scheduled to perform at a Great American Concert Hall for a high society extra uh, uh, high society uh, presentation. In the audience was a mother with her uh, uh, fidgety nine-year-old son. Wary of where, uh, waiting, the boy slipped away from her side, strangely, uh, strangely drawn to the uh, uh, same way on the stage. And without much notice from the audience, he sat down at the stool and began playing chopsticks. The roar of the crowd turned to the shouts as hundred yelled, Get that boy off from there. When Pederuski heard the uproar backstage, he grabbed his coat and rushed over behind the boy. Reaching around him from behind, the master began to improvise a counter melody to chopsticks, and two of them played together. Pederuski kept whispering in the boy's ear, Keep on going, boy. Don't quit. Don't stop. Don't stop. And as we think about that very brief illustration and small illustration, you know, you know, sometimes our life is not what it should be, and it doesn't really sound too well, and, and it doesn't really represent the ideal situation, but if God is next to us, he makes it all better, amen, and he makes it all much more worthwhile, and he's encouraging us along the way, don't stop, let's keep going, let's keep going, and uh, let's look at the author and the finisher of our faith. So with that, not only the perseverance through contentment, but perseverance through correction by God. Correction by God. In Job 42, Here I beseech thee, and I will speak, I will demand of thee, declare thou unto me. I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, Job said. But I now my eye seeth thee, wherefore I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. At the end, God had to do some correction in Job's heart. Job was a great man, but not a perfect man. I know uh, Job was a wonderful man. We you even speak about him after like 6,000 years or so. But as we think about this man, uh, we need to recognize he was a sinner just as much as we are today. Now, he was a humble man, but in his heart, I believe, that God searched the deep things of Job. And that God had to expound to Job what God was able to do and how powerful he is. And Job had to repent and dust and ashes. Now, we don't really quite know what was really in his heart, but God revealed it. And God says, I need you to repent and get right with me along with. Now, of course, the other accusers, the friends that he had, and they had to repent because they uh, wrongfully uh, uh, sought accusation against his old friend and when he held to the right integrity. But God knew otherwise what was Job was going through in his heart. And ladies and gentlemen, of course, as we think about the story, Job did repent and Job did have humility. And through that, he was blessed at the end. And when we go through perseverance, we need to find that time of improvement and refining and that spiritual revival And when we try to take the easy way out, we miss it. Everyone, in many cases, are their own God sometimes, and they tend to say, I'm okay. But in many cases, we're not okay, and God knows that. And God wants to improve us, but we don't want to be improved because we're perfect. There's nothing wrong with us. 
But God knows the deep things of the heart. God wants to give us trial and to filter us so that we may be a better vessel, so that we may be improved, and also so that God could bless us more. Statement for you, God is not our enemy. God is not our enemy. Would you say that with me? God is not our enemy. He's not your enemy. He's not my enemy. The world, the flesh, and the devil, they are our enemies. The Bible is not your enemy. The Holy Spirit is not your enemy. And don't get so bitter and don't get so disappointed. And don't take it so personal in thinking that God hates me. God doesn't really care about what I want. God will care for what you want, my friend, if you delight yourself in him first. Delight yourself. Delight that self also in the Lord. And he shall give the desires of your heart. God is first, my friend. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Trust the Lord with all thy heart, and lean not unto thy understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. He's first. And God is not your enemy. God wants to help you and guide you and help you to persevere. Job 42, verse 12. I like it. So the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning. His beginning was great, too. We see that in chapter 1. But at the end, it was greater. Why? Because God made it greater. God made it greater. Do you trust him today? Do you have faith in him today? Would you persevere through faith? I hope you do. I hope we all do. Because our God is great.